Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. And uh, so awesome, so awesome. But I'm ready to get into the Word, and uh, the man of God and, and, and uh, his wife that are here this weekend with us, we don't, me and Lindsay don't have the, the vocabulary, we don't have the language adequate to express how much we love them and how much we honor them. And uh, he's on the board of directors for our church and uh, has always been a voice of wisdom and counsel and revelation uh, to me and to my wife. And uh, I wish I could express how much this couple means to us. They are two of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life, and we love them more than they know. Um, their oldest son is one of my best friends in the whole world, and uh, he's come with a word from God this morning, and we're going to receive it, Hope Unlimited. I say we're going to receive it, amen? I want you to stand to your feet and make welcome Pastor Robert Gay. Come on, tell him we love him. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. And we're just uh, honored to be here. We uh, feel the same way about your pastors. Uh, I believe you have the greatest pastors in all of Knoxville. I might get in trouble for saying this, but I believe you have the greatest pastors in all of Tennessee. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm, I think you could probably give a little bit better than that. How many believe you've got the greatest pastors in the world? Amen. Praise the Lord. It is great to be with you. We're honored to be here. Very honored to uh, actually be asked to minister here for your uh, one-year anniversary, for your one-year birthday. So happy birthday, Hope Unlimited. And uh, again, we are just uh, so glad to be here in Knoxville this morning. I do want to introduce my wife, uh, Stacy. Stacy, stand up. We have been married for 37 years. And 37 years. Actually, this year will be our 38th anniversary when we get to June. Uh, so we're coming up on 40, not too uh, long. We have three children. All three children uh, are serving the Lord. All three are in ministry. All three are doing the work of God, and uh, two of them are in Orlando. They are, we also we have eight grandchildren. Praise the Lord. Can you believe that? Do I look like I have eight grandchildren? <laughs> Don't answer that. Okay. But it's really great to be with you, and I just am thankful for what God is doing here in Knoxville. I'm thankful for what God is doing in this region, in this area, uh, now, whenever I come in to minister in a local church, I don't try to just grab my favorite sermon, my favorite message, or possibly the one that might get the greatest response or may even get the greatest pats on the backs and uh, that a boy, so to speak. But I come to deliver what I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking, the rhema that God is declaring over that church body. And so understand this morning, I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to impart into you. I'm not here to, um, to make any friends, so to speak. I'm here to declare the word of the Lord and what God is saying, what the Holy Spirit is speaking over this church body. I believe that God is speaking a very precise uh, word over this congregation. And I believe that there are things 
that God is going to do. You've seen some of the beginnings, but understand that what you are looking at right now is only a mere glimpse of what God has for your future. It is only the down payment. It is only the earnest of what God is going to do within this area and within this region. I do not believe that Pastor Casey and Lindsay are here by accident. I believe that they are those who are sent. I believe there's not only a pastoral call, but there's an apostolic call that rests upon their life to establish, to build, to plant, and to cause a nurturing of the body of Christ throughout this region. As a matter of fact, I hear the Lord saying that he has assembled people together. And the Lord says you're going to begin to change the spiritual climate and the atmosphere that has been over this city. And the Lord says, where there has been bondage, there will now be freedom and liberty, says the Spirit of the Lord. I see a new liberty coming in worship, a new liberty coming in praise, a new liberty coming in the prophetic to be declared and spoken. And I hear the Lord saying that he's tearing down the old religious dry traditions of men that have kept the word from proceeding and moving forward. And the Lord says, I'm causing an army to arise. And the Lord says, the bones are coming together. The Lord says, even as I took Ezekiel to the valleys, the Lord says, I declared prophesy. And the Lord Lord says, even as he prophesied, the bones came together, and surely they lived. And the Lord says, surely there was a great and exceeding mighty army. And God says, I'm assembling my army. I'm assembling my people today. And the Lord says, prophesy, 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 prophesy. For surely the wind shall blow, and surely the army shall arise, says the Spirit of the Lord. Would you give God praise this morning? Now, uh, understand I do operate prophetically quite a bit, and so I just kind of flow in and out of whatever the... I don't have a set agenda. I've got some things I want to share. They're all written down, and if I get to them, great. I'm sure I'll get to part of it, but I really believe more than anything, I want to yield myself to the Holy Spirit to declare a life-giving word that's going to cause things to come about. I saw in the midst of worship this morning, I saw worship albums uh, or CDs, releases, MP, uh, you know, iTunes, however you want to release it, it's the same difference. But I see recordings that God is going to cause to be released out of this house. And I see the Lord saying, I'm raising up the psalmists and the songwriters. I'm bringing the musicians, says the Lord. And God says, I'm going to cause a new sound to even be proclaimed throughout the Knoxville area. But God says, it will not just be for this area. It'll be for the state. It'll be for the nation. And the Lord says, it's a sound that'll travel around the world. And the Lord says, even I visited other places before and they've rejected and they've said, oh, wouldn't that be nice? But the Lord says, I found the people that will say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And God says, surely it shall come forth. And I just see that this area here will not be able to contain the musicians that are going to come into the house. There's a, I hear the, I hear the Lord saying a boatload, a boatload, a boatload of musicians and singers and worshipers skilled. It's going to be a resurrection of the, and a restoration of the tabernacle of David that God will cause to come forth within this area and within this region through this body, through this local church. Would you give God praise today? Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Now, we walk by faith and not by sight, but I tell you what, it sure is good to feel something. 
And how many know when I say when I what I mean whenever I say I feel the Holy Spirit? There's a there's a stirring on the inside of you. Something the the waters are being stirred. Uh, and the well is beginning to spring forth, and God is causing a fresh... I hear the Lord saying, "There, I'm digging fresh wells. Boy, there, there is a prophetic atmosphere in the house today. I, I'm digging wells. I'm causing you to dig wells. I hear the Lord saying, even wells that have been capped, wells that were dug even in years past, that have now uh, were capped, but the Lord says, now I'm causing those wells to be dug once again. And God says, I'm causing living water to even even begin to flow forth. I'm causing the living water to even begin to gusher. The Lord says, even like an artesian well, the Lord says, even the moment that you hit it, God says, it's going to spring forth like a geyser, says the Spirit of the Lord. And so the Lord says, even know that I'm doing this thing by my Spirit, the Lord says, I will use you. The Lord says, not only am I anointing even the leaders, not only am I anointing the apostle and the pastor, but the Lord says, I'm anointing even those within the this body to even begin to dig the wells, uh, even begin to prepare for the water that shall surely spring forth, says the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Give God a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, there were some things that the Lord spoke to me uh, just before uh, I got here. And when I say before I got here, I've been praying uh, for quite some time, uh, but particularly there was some intense prayer this past week. I was praying and just asking, oh, Lord, what are you saying to Hope Unlimited? What, what is the now word? And I want to just to deliver some of those words. And I wrote some of them down, and I heard the Lord say this, and this is for Pastor Casey and Lindsay and for this church body, that you are in a season of preparation for future outpouring and expansion. I want to say that again. You are in a season of preparation. Everybody say preparation. Let me say it like this. What you see right now is only part of the preparation that is going on for something much greater than what you see with your natural eye right now. What God has in store is much greater. As a matter of fact, this entire, the this entire theater complex will not be able to house what God is going to do through this church body. But you're just in a season of preparation right now. You know, I was thinking about it as I was sitting there this morning and understanding, and I was thinking, you know, we started a church 22 years ago. And by the way, most of you know, uh, thank you for praying for us. Uh, hurricane Michael, which was a Cat 5 hurricane, hit us. I have a picture, actually, of a radar picture where the eye of the storm went right over our house and our church body. Over 50% of the churches in Bay County right now are not even meeting in their building. They cannot meet. Many of them were totally level. We actually opened up our building even to other churches to meet within our building. And so we appreciate you praying for us. Unfortunately, the news media left after about three days, and there hasn't really been any news coverage. Uh, but in, anyway, so thank you for praying for us. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for just your offerings even that you've sent. Thank you so much for everything that you've done. Uh, but I said all this 22 years ago, we started our church at the end of one year. At the end of one year, <laughs> we had just a little bit over 25 people. Praise God. Whoo, glory to God. You know what? But you have to understand that everything in the kingdom of God is a process. I'm going to say it again. Everything in the kingdom of God is a process. Many people want overnight success and are not willing to go through the process. And hear this, if you want to build long, long term for the long haul, you've got to be willing to go through the process. 
all this setup that's going on right now every Sunday morning, that's part of the process. You're not always going to be there. It's a temporary stage. It's the same way whenever you had kids. Aren't you thankful whenever they're 18 years old, you're not still changing their diapers? I remember my son that is now 33, 30, 32. Yeah, 33 years old. I get it right. 33 years old that is pastoring down in Orlando. I remember whenever he was first born, and I remember Pastor Stacy, she had actually a C-section. And I remember when we brought him home, she had, you know, she was, uh, you know, recovering from that. This was uh, an emergency C-section. And uh, I can remember having to be involved in the feedings. And I, we would, that's back whenever you, you know, you made up the formula and put the bottle in the mouth. And I remember he had a, his stomach was a bottomless pit. Every two hours, I would get up with him. I knew everything that was on TBS from midnight all the way to 7 o'clock in the morning. I could tell you what's coming on on Friday at 4.30. I had it all memorized. I knew every bit of it. I would get up with him whenever. He'd get up at least four or five times in the middle of the night. You know what? I am so thankful that that was a process. But you know what? Every bit of it was worth it because now we have a man of God that stands in the house of the Lord and preaches. And hear this. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of labor. There's a lot of things that you're having to go through right now. Understand this. It is only a part of the process, but God is taking you ultimately to somewhere that is much greater than what you see with your natural eye. And I believe that the Lord is opening your eyes even this day to begin to peer with spiritual eyes to begin to see the vision grasp a hold understand this you're not always going to be here i'll say that again you're not always now i know man you can pray for comfortable chairs like this i thought i was going to fall asleep there for just a moment just sat in the chair and said oh wow I wasn't really going to fall asleep. You understand you felt like you could fall asleep right there. These are the most comfortable chairs I've ever sat in in a church service. But understand this, and, you, you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, you, you can get some good, more comfortable chairs. But understand this, you're not always going to be here. This is just a par, part of the process. Amen? Well, I tell this, uh, praise the Lord, I may have to come back next week. All right. This is the other word. The seed sown this year will have profound effect on future harvest. It is only setting the stage for what's about to happen. I'll say that again. The seed that you sow this year will have a profound effect on your future harvest because it is merely setting the stage for something that is greater and more profound. In the first year, this is for you, Pastor Casey, you framed for the foundation. This year, foundation will be poured and solidified. Now, I, I look at this church right now in the natural, and I go, man, it just seems like they have a real strong foundation. But I, I will tell you this, what I really felt like the Lord has been doing this year is you've just been framing up the foundation. But the foundation is still going to be poured and solidified. You've begun work on it, but it's not totally been poured. And I believe this year that God is causing an assembling of strong leadership. God's going to, there's going to be a focus on raising up strong leaders within this church body that will shoulder the load because the load 
of that which God will do here cannot be handled by one man and one woman alone. There must be those that can share the load. And God's going to raise up the Aaron's and the hers for you, Pastor Casey and Lindsay. God's going to raise up the men and women that will hold up your arms. And God says, I'll cause a double portion blessing to even come within their lives. And the Lord says, there is a clarion call of the Spirit that is going forth today. And God says, I am assembling them together, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I heard the Lord say this, that there's fresh strategy for building. This year you will come into your promised land. Now, I don't know exactly what that is, but I saw a building that God's releasing into your hands that you're going to be able to have, that you'll have things set up all the time, and you'll be able to have services, not just one service a week. You'll be able to have three services, five services, however many services you need. And it's going to be greater than what you think. I hear, oh, it'll be greater than what you think. Oh, it'll be greater than what you think. It'll be greater than what you think. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, now, I'm just, I understand this. Every time somebody prophesies, the application of that word is going to be dependent upon what the Holy Spirit reveals to them. And also understand this, every prophetic word, whether or not there are conditions that are stated at the time of the delivery, every prophetic word is conditional. You see it all throughout the Bible. How many of you know Jonah, he, he didn't even want to go to Nineveh. And uh, he ended up going there by uh, submersible. <laughs> and... Uh, he finally surrendered to the call of God and to the plan and purpose of God and the fish that God had prepared vomited him up on dry ground. It's very interesting. You read the whole story. It says that whenever Jonas began to offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving, that's whenever God spoke to the fish. You know what? If you grumble about where you're at right now, you'll always stay there. But if you'll begin to give God thanks in the midst of every situation, God will cause whatever has held you in bondage or whatever unpleasant situation has been there, God will cause that thing to begin to throw you up on dry ground. Praise God. That's a whole nother message. I'm just going to preach about 10 messages this morning, I guess. But, uh, but anyway, uh, what I was saying about that, Jonah go, then goes through the, the, uh, the land of of, of uh, Nineveh, and he prophesies, and he says, the Lord's going to destroy this place. Get ready. Judgment's coming. And the entire nation, the king, everybody, they fasted, they prayed, they put on sackcloth, and what the Bible says is that God relented, and God did not destroy the city. Why? why? But, but, but the word of the Lord was, I'm going to destroy this city. Understand this. The way people respond to the word of the Lord will determine what happens or doesn't happen within their life. It always does that. Always does that. Every, every Israelite that was in captivity in Egypt heard the word of the Lord, how that God was leading them to a land that flows with milk and honey. But there were only two of them. There was only two of them that actually experienced that. And the reason for that is God raised up people within their place 
I want you to hear this. I really hear the Lord saying that there have been others that God has even called to this territory to do what he has called you to do. And somewhere along the line, they faltered and they failed and they got off track. But the Lord is saying that I am raising you up to fulfill my plan and my purpose that I have for this region and this territory. Pastor Casey and Lindsay, the Lord says, this is not your plan. It wasn't in your mind. It wasn't in your thinking. God says, it was in my mind. It was in my thinking. And now the Lord says, I will finish what I started. And the Lord says, son, you declared, uh, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And the Lord says, now you will see heaven even descend in this place. And God says, my glory will even be shown forth throughout the region and the area. And the Lord says, I'm going to bring the Lord says even men and women of wealth and substance into this house and God says I will bring provision for the vision says the spirit of the Lord hallelujah give God a praise right now oh hallelujah I heard the Lord saying don't be afraid of the growth process and don't despise the days of small beginnings I know you've heard this before but Rome wasn't built in a day even though I must say in one year you've done a remarkable job. I'll say that again. In one year you've done a remarkable, remarkable job. And I heard this. I was sitting at breakfast today and this just dropped in my spirit. I tell you, ever since I've been here, the Lord's been speaking very clearly to me. Obviously some people have been praying. Uh, you can't, I will tell you this, you can't prophesy everywhere. You know, Jesus in his own hometown, it says he could do no mighty works and he marveled at their unbelief. And the re, if, if you don't prepare, there won't be any delivery. Well, there's been some preparation in this house. I can tell, I sense it by the Holy Spirit. There's been prayer preparation in this house. But I heard the Lord saying that in this house that he is raising up a tribe of Benjamin warriors. A tribe of Benjamin warriors. <laughs> now, the tribe of Benjamin, they were known for being left-handed. Now, <clears throat> I know a little bit about being left-handed because I am left-handed. I have two sons. We have two sons. They're both left-handed also. Are there any other lefties here? I don't know if you know this. Lefties only make up 10% of the population. 10%. Now, what's very interesting is Benjamin actually means this. Son of the, of the right hand. Son of the right hand. However, those in the tribe of Benjamin, they were predominantly left-handed or ambidextrous. Now, I said all that to say this. Whenever God uses... And there's, there's so many things prophetic that we see and we can draw out parallels, things in the Old Testament. But the son of the right hand becomes left-handed. And so what, what I want you to see this morning is that the tribe of Benjamin warriors are those who become what others said that they couldn't be. Anybody, when you're growing up, now I might be really dating myself, but there was a cartoon, actually one of the claymation uh, animation features that came on at Christmas, and it was called Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Does anybody remember Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? 
And if you remember Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and I know it's, this is all made up. We, we understand there aren't really reindeers that fly, correct? So, well, some of you don't know. All right. We'll let them live in that fantasy land for a moment. But Rudolph and uh, was it Hermie? Was that his name? Hermie was the other guy's name. Remember, he wanted to be a dentist. He didn't want to be an elf. Oh. You see, a lot of times the religious systems of man want to make you something that you're really not. They end up landing on an island called the Island of Misfit Toys. And I just heard this. Now, please hear this with the ear of the Spirit. I heard the Lord saying that, he, that He's taken some folks and what is comprising this church body are those that have not fit in with the rest of the religious systems of man. And they've known there's something greater, there's something more that God has for them. Religion has tried to make them one thing, uh, but they've said, we're rebelling against that, not in a bad way, not rebelling against leaders, not rebelling against people, but rebelling in the sense of, we know that this is not the way that God desires for us to live. There's something greater on the inside of me that is calling me to a higher place. And I heard the Lord say, it's like Benjamin. He's the son of the right hand. Everybody is called in the son of the right hand. However, he is something that others said that he could not be. He comes out being a left-handed warrior. God's raising up some left-handed warriors in this house. Some people that are going to shake some things in this region and this territory. Amen? Are y'all getting anything out of this? I'm not really preaching. I haven't even got to my message yet. I'm just prophesying right now what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. I want everybody to understand this. If you're part of this church, you need to feel privileged. The, now, the pastors, I, I know because I am a pastor, I'm always honored whenever people become a part of our church. However, at the same time, members need to feel that they're privileged to be a part of something that's on the cutting edge of what God is doing in the earth today. Those that are part of a church body need to go, thank you, Lord, that you called me, that you separated me, you consecrated me for this purpose. You set me apart for this purpose. And so understand this, and I'm saying this by the Holy Spirit, you, there needs to be something on the inside of you that says, yes, I'm one of those Benjamin warriors. I didn't fit in with everybody else. God didn't call me to fit in with everybody else because he put something different on the inside of me. You know what? I march a little bit different. I praise a little bit different. I don't just, you know, casually, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. No, hallelujah. I'm jumping on who? I don't know. What's your, sis, what's your name? Glory to God. You know what? I'm sure she does a great aerobics class, but glory to God. I mean, jumping all over the place. That's just a joke. But anyway, you know, see, that's not necessarily normal. Y'all hear what I'm saying? When I say normal, I'm talking about that's not what you're going to get in the Baptist church down the street. It's not what you're going to see in the Bethodist church. Nothing wrong with them. They're our brothers, our sisters. We join arms with them, and we're laboring for the kingdom of God. But there's always this group that God always raises up that has something different on the inside of them. And God has called you to be a part. You're like commandos for the kingdom of God. You're like Navy SEALs. You're like, you know, Army Rangers that God has called to do some special specialized work that nobody else wanted to do. 
Amen. Second Kings three. I don't know how much more time I have. I got a little bit. Second Kings three verse fifteen. I want to read this so you can keep on playing, brother. Praise the Lord. Appreciate you. God bless you, my friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Songs are going to come out of you, my friend. Songs. Songs of deliverance. Songs of healing. Songs of hope. Uh, songs that will break the back of the enemy. I heard the Lord saying, songs that will break the back of poverty. I don't know if there's been any, what kind of, what the financial situation is throughout this region and the area, but I just hear the Lord saying that he's going to use this church to break the back of poverty in the region and the territory. God's breaking off the spirit of poverty in the region and the territory. 2 Kings 3.15, it says, but now bring me a musician. <laughs> so Elisha, and I, I, I won't give you the entire backstory, but basically there are three kings that are chasing uh, a king that's broken covenant and broken an agreement. It's king of Israel, king of Judah. And, uh, but he said, but now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind. Look at somebody say, you won't see wind. He said, you will not see rain. Look at somebody say, you won't see rain. Yet the valley will be filled with water. Say, filled with water. So that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. For seven days, they had been chasing the king who had actually violated the covenant and had violated the agreement. And they had come to a place where they could not go any further. They had went as far as they could go. They couldn't travel another step. They said, we've got to get the word of the Lord on what to do. And they said, is there a prophet? Just so happens that Elisha's there. Elisha says, you know, I can't prophesy in the present situation because I, you know, I don't like the king of Israel. Right now, the atmosphere is not conducive for me to prophesy. Bring me a musician. They started worshiping the Lord. The Bible says as they, as they worshiped the Lord, the hand of the Lord came upon him and he began to prophesy. As he prophesies, he says this, make the valley full of ditches. You're not going to see any clouds. You're not going to see any wind. And you're not going to see any rain. But the Lord says this. This valley is going to be filled with water. In other words, what God actually tells him to do, are you ready for this? I want you to prepare for what you cannot see evidence of right now. There are a lot of people that are wanting God to do great things, but they're making no preparation today. And I hear the Lord saying, you've been preparing, but God is saying that it's not just going to be one man and one woman or just one team, but the Lord is speaking to this entire church body. You need to prepare because there's a greater influx than what you have envisioned and what you have seen. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, and this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand, and you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city. Now, I believe that speaks of principalities and powers. Whenever the New Testament parallel of attacking a city is we're, we are those in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So we're going to forcefully, through the love of God, the power of the Holy Ghost, and the Word of God, take this city. Amen? And every choice city and shall be cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by the way of Edom and the land was filled with water. So God tells him by the...
prophet to make the valley full of ditches. They're in a very dire situation. They cannot move any farther. They cannot go one step more because the cattle and they themselves need water. So Elisha basically says, prepare for water. He says, dig ditches even though you don't see rain, even though you don't feel wind, even though there's no evidence of anything going on that would cause water to spring forth. He says, you prepare for the water. You prepare for the water. I hear the Lord saying, hope unlimited, prepare for what I'm doing. Prepare for what I'm doing, amen? Understand this, the prophetic word that is spoken over our life, it is merely a call to action in order to prepare ourselves for what we yet cannot see. It is a call to action. See, a lot of times what happens is people want to get a word from God. They want to get a prophetic word over their lives to, you know, more for affirmation to know that the Lord loves them and, and also so that they can play it for all their friends. Look what God said about me. Listen, that word with that word comes a responsibility. And with that word means this. It is a call to action for us to do things. Amen. One of the greatest manifestations of faith is making preparation for what you cannot see. You know, let me just, I'm going to just throw this out there. I believe that the Lord is saying in this year, you need to go ahead and prepare for a thousand. You need to go ahead and do whatever you got to do to prepare for a thousand. Well, praise God. I'm going to say it one more time. Well, I just like it when all of us can get together. Well, that's wonderful, and you'll still be able to do that. But understand, I hear the Lord saying, it's time for you to prepare for much larger than what you see. This is wonderful. By the way, I want you to know this is wonderful and great. This is powerful, amen, what God's done here. But I hear the Lord saying, it's time to prepare. It's not that you haven't been preparing, but I believe that that preparation process is going to begin to be taken up by others within this church body. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not just five or ten people or maybe 15 or however many. But I believe that there is going to be a, a, an anointing that will come upon those within this church that will cause you to begin to prepare. Amen. See, digging means work. Would you look at somebody and say work? Look at somebody else and say that's a four-letter word. As a, four, as a matter of fact, some people probably say other things, other four-letter words more than they actually do that four-letter word. Digging means work. There's no such thing as passive digging. It requires effort. It requires action. It requires us doing something. Listen, faith without, faith without, faith without works is dead. Amen. Now, we can say we believe that God is going to send people to us, but you know what? It requires work in order for your faith to actually become active and then see those things transpire. Now, there's a lot of different things that I could share about this, but I just want you to understand the importance of preparation. Number one, John the Baptist himself, what's the, what did he preach? He came on the scene and he began to preach what? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye. You know what prepare ye means? It means this. You prepare. You prepare the way of the Lord. John was telling all of the Jews and all of those in Israel, you prepare the way of the Lord. He's coming, but you've got to go ahead and prepare yourself. 
Can I tell you, there were some people that actually did that, and in doing so, what happened is they were able to receive Jesus. However, there were a lot of them that did not listen to the word of preparation. As a result, an entire nation rejected him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, what God does and what God releases is based upon the preparation of your heart and what you're willing to do. Praise God. Amen? His message was repent. That's what John the Baptist said. Repent. Prepare. Here's why. Here's how you do it. Repent. Repent. Start thinking different. Start acting different. Start walking different. Amen? Jesus gave the parable about the ten virgins. Five, five of them prepared. Five of them were unprepared. Five of them went into the wedding. Five of them looked on the outside. Can you imagine just looking through the glass going, oh, I wish I was there. You know what? There are going to be a lot of believers two years from now. They're going to come to Hope Boat Limited. They're going to go, oh, I just wish I was there. Oh, I wish I, I wish I would have been a part of that. Because let me tell you what, the greatest reward is always for those who sow seed in the front end. Hey, wouldn't you have liked to have been an investor in, in like, in Microsoft or Apple 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whenever they went on the stock market, when you could buy the stock for next to nothing, when everybody was telling them this will never fly, that, that nobody's really ever going to really want this. Do you realize that people actually said that? whenever they first started even thinking about actually having a personal computer, much less one of these, just a personal computer. There were people that discouraged them, said, nobody's really going to want those things. It's, there's really not really a need for those kind of things. Now we can't, we can't live without them. And so understand this. See, this goes back to the tribe of Benjamin. You're going to become what others said that you would never be. I heard the Lord saying this, that there are some that said, Pastor Casey, they said he's not a pastor. There are some that said and decreed they'll not be able to do this. There are some that said he'll not be able to fulfill even what he is saying that he's going to do. But the Lord says, surely you will see their words fall to the ground. And surely, says the Spirit of the Lord, I will fulfill what I have declared. And I will fulfill what I have said. And I will do what I declare that I will do. And surely my, my purpose will be fulfilled within you. For the Lord says, I've looked into your heart. And the Lord says, even in the midst of rubble, I brought restoration. And even in the midst of destruction, God says, I caused a new man to arise. And surely says the Spirit of the Lord, you've went through the fire. And you've passed the test. And now I will give you my best. And surely you will see the rest of the promise fulfilled even within your life. The Lord says you can go ahead and shout for the Lord says it's already a done deal and I've already taken care of it and God says I've already, I have already prepared the things even for the fulfillment of what I've declared says the Spirit of the Lord. Oh hallelujah. See many people are shut out solely because they don't prepare. Do you know that Jesus is a preparer? This is what Jesus said. In my Father's house are many mansions. You know the scripture. If it were not so, I would have told you. This is what he says. I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus himself prepares. I'll say that again. Jesus himself is a preparer. He has already went and prepared a place for you. He's prepared a dwelling place for you. Amen. 
Well, if he's prepared a dwelling place for us, shouldn't we prepare a dwelling place for him? Think about it. He exampled, this is the way that you should live your life. You prepare for what I declared. Oh, that's, that rhymes. We need to prepare for what God declares. I'll say it again. We need to prepare for what God declares. When God declares, we need to go ahead and begin to prepare. We don't wait. Well, I'll believe that whenever that happens. No, you'll never see it that way. But if you'll begin preparing, you'll see it happen in your life. Listen, if you're believing God for a lost loved one, you know what? Go ahead and prepare. If you have a prodigal son or daughter, go ahead and get their bedroom ready. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go ahead and put a Bible in their room. Go ahead and get some worship CDs and put a, and get you a boombox if they even make those things anymore. I don't know. But you know, get you something in there that would blast the praises of God. Go ahead and put go ahead and put signs, you know, on their room, you know, blessed, highly favored of God. Do something that you can do to prepare for what God said that He would fulfill within your life. Amen. Many years ago. Closing with this. I don't know how much time. Am I okay? Have I got two more, two more minutes? Three? I'm okay? Okay. Many years ago, it's actually, we were in the process of building our new facility. This was in 2000, end of 2008, the beginning part of 2009. And uh, my brother-in-law, my wife's oldest brother, if there was any sin that you could do, he was involved in it. He was involved in all types of sexual perversion. He was involved at one time in drugs. He'd become an alcoholic. My wife's father passed away, I believe it was 2001, and on the heels of that, he would not come to the funeral. My wife called him. He cussed her out on the telephone. This is what he said. He said, I will never serve the God you serve. At that time, he's an alcoholic, bound by homosexuality, bound by just about anything and everything that was imaginable. And of course, me being the great man of faith that I was, I looked over at my wife whenever I heard, you know, saw all this going on and him cussing around. I said, that's it. That's it. He's cut off. He's going to hell. He, he's already, it's not, you know, pass, go, collect $200. No, he's, he's collecting hell. That's it. He's, he's out of here. I'm making the edict now. He's going to hell. No, no, none of you have ever done that. I did. I thought that he had stepped over the threshold, had went past the line, and... That was like 2001, 2008. We're having a service, 2009, somewhere in there, beginning of 2009, end of 2008. My wife gets a word. She says, I feel like the Lord's saying that there are loved ones that we have given up on that we need to begin to believe God for once again. And I said, oh, that's good. Uh, i got to take back everything I said. I have to now believe that what I said was wrong and I did this foolishly, presumptuously, and 
actually begin to believe God for him. That moment in time right there on the platform, we stood in faith, joined hands together. We said, we're believing for Buddy. You don't come into the kingdom of God. We prayed. Weeks or months later, we were getting ready to move into our new facility, which we moved into in April 2009. And we still hadn't heard from her, bro- her, bro- her brother, my brother-in-law. We had an offering for chairs. While we're having the chair offering, the Lord spoke to me and he said, buy a chair for your brother-in-law. Buy a chair for your brother-in-law. And I said that over the microphone. I said, I feel like the Lord is saying, if you're believing for a prodigal, buy a chair for them. I'm not saying that to manipulate you. I'm saying it, we're going to make a place for them. And I remember us buying a chair. Now, we bought, we bought more than just a chair for him. But I specifically said, I'm buying a chair. And I said this over the microphone. I said, and my brother-in-law will sit in that chair on the front row. You ever said something and then you go, oh, I can't believe I just said that. That was one of those moments. Cut to the chase. The very first Sunday that we move into our new building is actually Palm Sunday, Victory Sunday. We have a great service. Everything's wonderful. New chairs are out. The next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And somewhere between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, one of my nephews called my wife and said, I didn't know if you know this, but but your brother is back in town. Got his number from him. Reluctantly called him up, not knowing what's going to take place. The last time she talked to me, cussed her out, said, I'll never serve the God that you serve. He said, she started dialoguing with him. And she said, are you, are you going to church on Easter anywhere? He said, no. And she said, well, would you like to come to church here? Would you like to come with us? And to her surprise, he said, yes, I'd love to. we're thinking we don't know what he's going to he's going to come with a gun <laughs> you know bomb something like that you know who knows and uh, anyway we sent one of our elders over to pick him up picked him up came to the church on an Easter Sunday morning of 2009 he sat in the chair that we bought for him but not only that In the midst of worship, he stood there, lifted his hands to God. Tears began to roll down his cheek. And for one year, he lived in Panama City, and he was there every Sunday. He was there every Wednesday. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost. He got delivered from homosexuality. Now he's married to a woman. My friend, it pays to prepare. Whenever you begin to prepare, things begin to take place. Ushers, if you will, real quickly. I want to give everybody something this morning. Started out by saying this, digging ditches. You got to dig some ditches. See, what were they doing whenever they were digging ditches? They were preparing. We have something, one for every family, for one for every family if we can.
Ushers, if you come and hand those out quickly. I know. Now this is a, this is the the closest thing that I could get. That is a shovel. But if it's just one per family, then I want you to stand up. And I want you to hold this thing up. We're going to make this decoration. If you just pass them out, once you've got your, once you've got your, your shovel, you're going to remember this message today. Because what I hear the Lord saying, that even as we pass these things out today, that God has given you a shovel to begin to dig and to begin to make preparation. To make preparation for the fulfillment of the promise that God's made over your life. And to make preparation for the fulfillment of the promise that God has made over this church body. It's not just going to be Pastor Casey and Lindsay that's doing all the digging and with, you know, some folks, a few folks that are helping them and some of the team, even though they're wonderful and awesome and great. But I believe that God is going to raise up an army of diggers. Hallelujah. God's going to raise up an army of people that begin to make preparation. Because what God desires to do in this house is much greater than anything that you've perceived. Anything that you've ever imagined, as, as you get that, would you stand up if, if you've got your shovel? If you've got your shovel. Now, I know you may say this seems silly. No, it's not silly. This is, a, this is a prophetic gesture this morning. And I don't have time to go there and teach on that. But things happen whenever, and by the way, don't hit anybody with that, but just hold it up before the Lord. And I, I want you to make this declaration today. I want you to make this declaration in Jesus' name. Come on, say it. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that you have enabled me, that you've empowered me to begin to make preparation. I'm going to begin to dig some ditches. I'm going to begin to do those things that are necessary for preparation for your promise to be fulfilled. Lord, within this church body, within my life, within my family, I declare it now. In the name of Jesus, I will make preparation. I will make preparation. I'll dig some ditches in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Can you give the Lord a shout right now? Hallelujah. You see, whenever we purchased that chair, we didn't know it at the time, but we were digging a ditch. We were preparing for something that we could not see, but God had promised. And so understand this. God is going to cause you to dig some ditches. And God's going to cause His promise to be fulfilled within His life, within your life. Let me just say this. If you will, take that home. Put it somewhere where you can see it. And right on there, digging ditches. Because I want you to remind yourself every day of what God is saying in the way of preparing yourself for the fulfillment of the promise of God. Amen. Everybody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Casey. We love you all. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.